frontier regions like Denver, Indianapolis, Columbus, they've all made major investments in transit and mobility over the last decade. The average population growth in those communities is 17%. Our region lost 6% of its population over the same amount of time. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, I'm really glad that you have joined us. There you heard Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter last night during his State of the County speech talking about the importance of transit and the way that transit shapes a region's fortunes. Uh, It was a point that he just made in the interview, again, uh, that we had with him here on Detroit Today. So we've been talking about transit as part of what goes on in Oakland County, but we also want to talk about Macomb County's absence in the new push to expand services to better connect southeast Michigan. In December on this show, County Executive Mark Hackle said no one in Macomb is interested in paying more taxes to expand transit service across counties. But now we want to talk with a Macomb County resident who really disagrees with that and has his own ideas about what the way forward might look like for transit in the metro area. Dave Gifford is a Macomb County-based transit advocate. He is founder of Transit Guide and a Detroit or a Transit Guide Detroit and a board member of Transit Riders United. Dave Gifford, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, so talk about how you became involved in advocacy around building better transit here in Southeast Michigan. So I'm a lifelong Macomb County resident. Um, grew up in New Baltimore, lived there for 21 years till I went to college. Uh, first experience riding the bus in uh, East Lansing when I went to Michigan State. Um, continued when I went to Western. Uh, when I moved back here, start looking around for the bus and the bus system, trying to figure it out, and uh, it's it was uh, pretty confusing as I was a lifelong car driver and you know always always enjoyed cars and <laughs> I was actually going to college for for designing cars. And uh, in 2006, after visiting cities like um, Seattle and Chicago, um, decided all right, it's time to start looking in the bus system here and see what it's all about. And uh, that's where I discovered the the transit gaps and the the difficulty in riding the bus in the suburbs. Hmm. Uh, so you actually work in the automotive industry, and you live in Macomb County. Seems like those two things make you an unlikely advocate for more transit. Uh, and I think that's also true of a lot of us here in Southeast Michigan. Our love for the automobile, our reliance on the automobile and the industry that produces it, it really makes the relationship we have with transit difficult and, and different. I think because we are the Motor City and we build so many cars here, we've got this this fear that if we have better transit, people aren't going to buy as many cars and they're not going to, it's going to hurt the auto industry. But I think we forget that we're not the only city and state in the country and the world that buys cars. Um, I think if by having better transit, it's not going to hurt the auto industry. We can have both. Uh, and you live in New Baltimore, which is a, a pretty distant place in uh, in our region. I live in uh, Warren. Oh, you live in Warren. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and but did you used to live in, in New Baltimore? That's where, I, that's where I grew up. That's where you grew up. Yeah. That's right. Um, um, it, transit, I think, gets harder as you go further out in the region to make the case for. Mm-hmm. Because people feel like, well, you know, I'm not connected to that region anyway. I don't necessarily need to, to, to get there. 
Talk about why, from your perspective, transit is just as important in those kinds of areas as it is in uh, the, 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 the sort of denser inner ring parts of the metro area. So in, in the outer counties, you know, the, the price of new homes is going up and up. You know, they're building new houses for three, dollars $400,000, and the next generation won't be able to step right into those homes. Um, they're going to have to have a car, which the burden will fall on them or their families to get them a car and, and help them get to the job they have to pay for that car. Um, you know, they keep building more and more factories further out. There's more industrial centers. There's more jobs. Amazon opened up the facility up there in uh, 23 and Mound. And uh, Smart actually rerouted a route to get to it. But there's not a lot of transit across 23 Mile, which is a a huge corridor, which is growing very quickly up there. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to get from New Baltimore to a job at Amazon, you'd have to go down the 15, you'd have to take Gratiot down the 15 Mile over to Van Dyke and up. So that's three bus routes, about two hours just to get to a job there. Yeah. Uh, And if we want to do better... We need more money. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no question that we need to fund transit differently and better in Metro Detroit. What's your argument to people who say, well, I'm already paying a lot of taxes and I buy a car and I put gas in it. I don't want to pay for um, I don't want to pay for more transit through through higher taxes. I think that there's there's more of a, a fear trigger with the, the the millage rate because most of our towns were already paying on average, 20 to 40 mils. Um, some of the smaller towns like Centerline pays up to 70 mils. And I don't think if you ask people, they wouldn't even know what all those mills are going towards. And it's adding one more really wouldn't be that much money. I think it's just more of a trigger of, oh, increasing my taxes? They don't know exactly how much necessarily, but just the thought of increasing taxes turns people off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guest is Dave Gifford, a Macomb County-based transit advocate, founder of Transit Guide Detroit, and a board member of Transit Riders United. We're talking about the transit picture here in Southeast Michigan. How do we improve on mass transit? How do we pay for those improvements? And how do we convince all of our neighbors here in Southeast Michigan that we need to improve transit and that we need to pay for it? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us whether you are willing to pay more in taxes to get better transit service here in Southeast Michigan. If you are in favor of bigger taxes or, or more taxes, tell us why. If you are not in favor of new taxes, tell us why not. Uh, also, tell us how much you are using the transit services that we currently have. Are you a bus rider here in Southeast Michigan? Uh, tell us about your experience. How long does it take you to get to work? How long does it take you to get your kids to school on the transit that we have, and have you had enough of that uh, such that you are willing to do something different, willing to pay more to have better access to better transit? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to uh, Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Liz on Twitter says a huge group of boomers are going to have to surrender their driver's license for driver's licenses for medical reasons over the next few decades. Yet they're the most reluctant to support transit. How do they plan to get to doctor's appointments and grocery stores? And wouldn't they like to do fun things too? By the way, Liz says she lives in Macomb County. Liz, thanks for that comment. Jimmy on Twitter says transit may be only a piece 
but transit is the piece that makes all the other pieces possible. It's more central to solving this problem than people think. Uh, thanks to both of those commenters. Let's get to the let's get to the phones here. Uh, Robert in Detroit. Robert, welcome to Detroit Hi. today. Um, you know, I, I have so much to say about this, but there's just such poor planning in Detroit. We need some options like um, HOV lanes, and we need a high-speed alternative to the bus, like a raised rail that can take people fast and cheaply to different locations. As far as development goes, I just see that Brush Park and, and down by the riverfront, we have two-story buildings being built. We should have 10-story buildings of apartments. We need to increase density. And once there's density, you don't have to have raised taxes. You have more people living in the area who will, you know, contribute more to the tax base. Mm. And the young people will be staying here because of that. All the other major cities that have great transportation, they start in the city center and then gradually move outward. Detroit is still with this sprawl mentality. And we have huge parts of the city of Detroit where the development is just single-family homes or two-story homes or three-story homes. In the suburbs, the same thing. All of these failed malls right now, they should be developed as city centers with, you know, minimum 10 stories and um, where, where young people can concentrate and baby boomers. We all like cars. There'll still be a space for cars. But <laughs> when people say things like, oh, well, you can just Uber here and there. We'll have automatic. They're still going to take up space on the road and clog up the streets. And we want people, some of the streets to be used for bikes as well. Hmm. So the, the question isn't, you know, cars versus transportation or tax dollars. It's just we have to change the way we develop our city. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much, Robert, for calling and making that point. I think I think that is that is huge. Uh, Dave Gifford, this idea of planning better in this region, of course, always bumps up against the idea that we have this very sprawling region already. And places like Macomb County and Oakland have grown over the last four decades in ways that that stretch the uh, the, the the efficiency of, of services like like transit. How do we how do we confront that um, without saying to people, look, maybe you maybe you can't live at 23 mile road and count on transit that maybe you've got to move into a denser part of the region. Yeah, that is part of the struggle with, uh, with trying to sell transit to Macomb County. Um, I worked in Romeo for 11 years, so I had my finger on the pulse of being up there where there is no transit and people that live out there. They, they enjoy that lifestyle, having a couple acres and having their pickup truck and driving all the way down on the Warren for work and the traffic every day. And it's only going to get worse um, as more people move further out. But the, the solution to that is they've, they've either got to move closer or we've got to come up with, with transit ideas that uh, can serve those, those counties and those regions. Um, SMART offers connector services um, where there's smaller bus shuttles that you can, you can get around. You can you know, plan in a few days in advance. They'll come pick you up at your house and take you where you need to go. Um, there's other services like that beyond fixed transit. Yeah. Um, he was also talking about the idea of pretty exotic options from a public transit standpoint, this idea of raised rail, for instance, or HOV lanes, uh, uh, high-speed buses and things like that. Um, How realistic are those things in in a region that hasn't invested in transit that way for so long and at a time when the federal money that helped make those things happen in other communities is, is really not available? 
I think we're in kind of a unique position. Um, while everyone says, you know, Chicago, New York, they have all this big infrastructure, um, we're, our big infrastructure is our roads. And one of our unique things we can do is, is use a lane for high-speed buses and, and things like that and have dedicated lanes. That was actually proposed in, uh, by the DDOT director in the 70s even. Um, that's one thing that's happening around the country, actually. Um, a lot of big cities are closing down their main streets and making them for transit and bicycles and pedestrians only. Um, allow, only allowing delivery trucks in at night, things like that. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the easiest things we can do. And because Detroit has such wide roads, they, they widen all the roads through the 30s to the point of six, eight lanes wide. There's, there's plenty of space there that we could get buses through more quickly. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dave Gifford, a local transit advocate about the future of mass transit here in Southeast Michigan. We want to continue to hear from you as well. Michael in Detroit, Sean in River Rouge, Jane in Farmington Hills, Carolyn in Royal Oak, and Lori in Ferndale. We'll hear from you next as well. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Today on 101.9 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined. My guest is Dave Gifford, Macomb County-based transit advocate. He is founder of Transit Guide Detroit and a board member of Transit Riders United. We are talking about the push to do better, do better here in Southeast Michigan when it comes to transit, something we have been talking about almost my entire life and something that we have precious few victories to point to. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what you think about the transit picture here in Southeast Michigan and what you're willing to do about it. If you think transit's not good enough here, would you be willing to pay more in taxes or fees to get better transit service? If you want to pay more taxes for better transit, tell us why. If you don't want to do it, we also want to hear what your reasoning is. Also talk about your experience using the services that we currently have. What has that experience been? Do you spend a lot of time on buses, for instance, trying to get from home to work, transferring, waiting, maybe in the cold and the snow like today uh, for a service that doesn't come maybe as frequently as it should? Do you live in the city of Detroit and have to maybe travel from the far east side to the far west side and have real challenges with transit. We want to hear what those stories are and, again, what you're willing to do about it. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. Before we get back to listeners, Dave, uh, I'd like you to address something that Mark Hackle said when he was here uh, in December. He talked about... The fact that Macomb is the, the, the county that participates 100% in the transit solution we have now, which is smart, and that that means there aren't gaps, that uh, Macomb doesn't have transit deficiencies that need addressing. I, I, I thought it was a remarkable statement when, when he made it, and I, and I do understand what he's saying about 
the fact that there are no opt-out count, uh, communities in Macomb and that there are in Oakland. Um, but address that idea that there aren't gaps in Macomb. Is it is it good enough? Is what we have in Macomb County good enough to get people from where they are to where they want to go? So some of our major corridors um, in the most dense parts of southern Macomb County are missing transit. Um, between DeQuinder and Van Dyke, there's no transit on Ryan or Mound. That's three miles between those, and there's no transit going north and south. And I drive those roads. I live near near Ryan Road, and there's lots of industry. There's lots of jobs. There's lots of things going on, especially on Mound. And to have no transit on there, I, I call that a huge gap. Uh, Grossbeck Avenue, Hall Road, 16 Mile, all these these uh, these major corridors are missing transit, and that's where there's lots of jobs and lots of businesses. And so what explains that? I mean, as Mark was saying when he was here, Macomb doesn't have opt-out communities from from the smart system. Why do these gaps then exist? A lot of these old routes are left over from uh, from SEMPTA days and from the, the old community bus systems that, that ran before then. And if you look at maps, there hasn't been a whole lot of expansion that kept up with the population growth over the last 50 years. The northernmost uh, crosstown route is 15 mile. And that, you know, since the 70s, population has exploded 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 mile, and, and on and on. But the, the service hasn't matched. Hmm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Lori in Ferndale. Lori, what's on your mind? Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm calling to add to this conversation. I think all, um, both Twitter and callers, have really the right perspective in that it does take planning. Um, it will take a tri-county effort to sit at a table and have a conversation around how to create effective and seamless transportation. Um, but I also think and wonder your callers and your perspective on sort of this transition. So I've lived in all three counties. Um, I've also lived in the Boston metropolitan area uh, on the last stop of the northern bound T. Um, and I study community development and I work in the automotive industry. So I have a really mm. interesting perspective on all of this. But sure. I'm curious where individualism and sort of entitlement from the automotive industry has created this negative stigma around transportation in general and how that affects the voters and um, even representatives in their consideration of a larger mass transit effort. Mm. Mm. Uh, great question, Laurie. Uh, Dave, address yeah. what you're saying. You know, we, we have this uh, this pride in the automotive industry. I, I've seen billboards on, on the way to work, and it'll show a picture of a Chevy truck, and it'll just say American pride. You know, it's so ingrained in us mm-hmm. um, that this is our work, our lifeblood here. And even to the point that, you know, People don't want the, the wrong brand coming into their lot if they work for GM. They don't want to see a Ford in the lot. And, <laughs> right. and that kind of goes down to transit, too, that that's kind of a, a blow against the auto industry if you're not if you're not riding that. I think we forget, though, our, our history of riding transit to the factories in World War II to help with the war effort. I mean, it's it's been a part of our life here for over 150 years, mm-hmm. and we, we've kind of conveniently forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, Laurie, I really appreciate the call. And the questions. Let's go to Carolyn in Royal Oak. Carolyn, what's on your mind? Good show, Steve. Thank you. Uh, Dexapotus, a Greek city planner, visited Detroit many years ago and said that this whole area will be one big city. Hmm. So it's only going to get denser. But we got a plan. 
and I appreciate you having this show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks very much, Carolyn. I, I I didn't know about that uh, visitor who predicted the things that would happen. Of course, it, it did get denser for a really long time, but I think one of the challenges we have now is that it is becoming less dense, that, that people are leaving this region in alarming numbers in some cases and opening up population gaps that make it even harder, I think, to deal with things like transit and perhaps more expensive. Um, I think that's one of the challenges that we kind of have to, to, to overcome to figure out what we're supposed to do um, to get to a better space. Again, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Sean in River Rouge. Sean, welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Hi, how are you? Uh, great show today. Thank you. Um, I kind of want to piggyback off of the last two callers. Um, I don't understand, one, how we how we seek to be a major city, and we, we're so far behind. Every other major city has a way for you to get around. Um, I have friends who I went to school with, and I was trying to bring them to Detroit, but they, they always have to rent a car, and that's such an inconvenience. Hmm. Um, but as far as the big three, in my mind, I would think that they would want to be at the forefront. They can make a system that's faster, better, stronger, and be the model for the whole world moving forward. Um, the three counties, I think we should, if we're, we're really focused on building Detroit, then we should be at, at the table saying, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to be the best, the brightest, and the, and the fastest so that our residents can look and have pride in the system that we built and move it into, into the future because everyone else did it 100 years ago. So what has changed in 100 years? Mm, yeah. Uh, Sean, I really appreciate uh, the call and and the comments. I think, uh, again, uh, what, what folks are saying really reflects the, frustra- the frustration and the depth of the frustration uh, with the situation that, that we keep facing and continue not to be able to solve. Roberta in Royal Oak, you're up next. Oh, Welcome to the yeah. show. Well, we've had uh, something develop here in Royal Oak that's made some of us quite unhappy. Uh, that I think, and that's the building of a couple of just great big parking structures that are towering over, <laughs> you know, aspects of Royal Oak that have um, attracted people, you know, kind yeah. of kind of like an old-fashioned downtown, a little <laughs> more uh, bustling now. But uh, anyway, they just, and just a direct result of not having decent mass tra- transit. Yeah. And uh, I'll just add that, uh, like a lot of people, my people came from other places. My dad from Cleveland, my mom from Chicago, and I spent a lot of time in both places growing up and later on and of course there i was able to uh, experience good mass transit mm. and uh, so it's just very frustrating yeah yeah uh, roberta i appreciate the call and the comments go ahead dave i, I think it's safe to, safe to say that parking is a, a major competitor with mass transit it is um it takes up a lot of space, and it's more valuable as as business space. However, there's a lot of money to be made in parking. Um, the city of Detroit's budget somewhere around like 15 million for their parking system, but they still make six million or seven million a year in profits. There's, you know, that if you look at the uh, the district Detroit, they have no incentive to develop the area because they're making so much money on parking. It's such an easy automated system mm-hmm. that they. They don't really need to change it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, again, thanks very much, Roberta, for uh, reminding us of 
some of those things that are going on in communities like Royal Oak. Uh, Stephen in Detroit. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks hey. for taking my call. Sure, go ahead. Um, I just kind of want to echo the one of the last callers, Sean, I believe, uh, just how that the, the big three could really be leading the, the way. And I, I'm not sure the figure, but I know that Penske was a big player in the Q line and just how that much private investment and just a little stretch could be developed some, somewhere down Woodward or across 8 Mile. I mean, I know that there's all these places that are uh, underserved, and I just thought that um, – Somehow that could be uh, uh, addressed by you know, yeah. private industry. Yeah, Stephen, yeah. I appreciate the call and the comments. You know, uh, the Q line. I think the 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 potential upside there was that it would be a transit win and attract other investment, both from government and private industry, to to fill in some of these gaps in transit in places outside of downtown Detroit. It's you know it's early. I'm not I'm not uh, rushing to judgment yet on what the Q line will be able to go. I I am old enough to remember the People Mover being built and people being really upset about that. Of course, now it's hard to imagine getting around downtown without the People Mover. In mm-hmm. fact, um, but but talk about something like the Q line and that kind of investment and the potential for it to spark interest in in something more. Well, a lot of cities in recent years have been building their own streetcar systems, and most of them are only a few miles long, but they're serving their, their central core areas. Detroit's seen so much disinvestment from, from downtown through Midtown and New Center over the last 50, 60, 70 years that it's going to take time to rebuild that to make it more useful for more people to ride. Um, if you get to the end of the line now at New Center, there's a few places to walk around, but there's not a ton of things bustling up there yet. So that, that'll take time to, to develop. And as things get more dense down there and things fill up, there'll be less room for parking and people can transfer to that. You can do it now with the new DART Pass, which is good for the DDOT, SMART, and the Q-Line. So you can get on all three and it's good for up to four hours. Mm. Um, so a, as things improve, that, that'll see more use, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Kevin in Sterling Heights. Kevin, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey. Um, I appreciate your efforts at uh, promoting mass transit, but the metropolitan area is so spread out. Um, any kind of a light rail, it, we can't support the population density. And even if we did have the money, we stuck a shovel in the ground tomorrow. By the time it was done, <laughs> autonomous vehicles are going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. No, Kevin, great points. Uh, I appreciate the, the call. And, and you're absolutely right about both of those things. I don't necessarily believe that they argue against mass transit, but they do present challenges. Dave, uh, talk about whether we should do some of the things that Kevin's talking about. Well, I think one of the fallacies with, uh, you know, when we talk about the Motor City, we forget that Ford and GM used to build buses here, too. They have motors. They're part of our history. And when we talk about autonomous vehicles, we forget that buses can be autonomous vehicles, too. And they're probably one of the easiest vehicles to automate because they run in straight lines. They run simple routes where cars have to deal with the complexity of issues from from weather to light to potholes to to other cars and people and pedestrians there's so many more factors for those to to have to navigate and uh you know autonomous buses are, are definitely going to be part of that narrative in the future uh kevin appreciate the call and the comments okay dave gifford macomb county based transit advocate founder of transit guide detroit and board member of transit riders united 
Really great to have you here. Thanks. All right. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow when we are going to talk with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell. Talk about the efforts to end the tradition of Iowa and New Hampshire hosting the first nominating contest each presidential cycle, something that she and I have been talking about for 12 years. Stay with us, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.